Welcome to the Mum Boss Podcast, hosted by me, Renee O'Neill. I'm your host, life and business coach for mums, and a mum of two myself. I'm here to help you be the present mum you're wanting to be, whilst also having a successful business, because you can have both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You have come to the right place if you're a mum who dreams of time and financial freedom and wants to be fulfilled in life alongside motherhood. This podcast is a place where you can come to be inspired and empowered whilst also getting tangible tips, advice and strategies to help you in your life and business. So let's dive in. On the podcast, I have a very special guest, which I cannot wait for you guys to meet. So Jess, I would love for you to share who you are and a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. So uh, my name is Jess, in case you (laughs) did not know. Um, I am a yoga student, first and foremost. I'm a yoga teacher as well. um, And I teach at a few studios throughout Perth. Um, And I specialize in yin yoga. Um, and I use medical astrology to help inform my flows. So when I'm doing it for classes, if it's like for quite a few people, I'll look at what's actually going on in the sky. But if it's for like individual, have a look at what's going on in comparison to their natal chart. So yeah, that's pretty much what I do in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so fascinating to me because I've always been into astrology But you were the very first person I'd ever heard the term medical astrology. And I was like, what is that? So I guess for listeners who are probably very familiar with the term astrology and knowing what their star signs are and all that kind of thing, what is medical astrology? Um, So I don't want to go on for hours and hours, but I could. But um, medical astrology is obviously a a form of astrology that's about 3,000 years old. It most likely originated in ancient Greece, although it kind of traces back to Egypt and Mesopotamia Mesopotamia as well. Um, But it's basically the way that they used to do medicine and the way that they would diagnose but also treat people, so with using herbs um, predominantly in that time um and yeah you would look at your person's natal chart and then look at the cosmos and obviously then they could only see up until Saturn so today we have a lot of data that is specifically just about like pretty much up until Saturn of course we're now going up into Pluto um and there is still some work being done in terms of getting to know what the asteroids do as well because obviously we can see much more further into space now than just up to Saturn um And yeah, so it would be pretty much the way that medicine would be done. Um, And it was like extremely popular. It influenced, as as is my understanding, influenced um, Joy Tish or Hindu astrology as well. So obviously they have a completely different system, but the way that astrology was sort of like written and things like that in ancient Greece it kind of made its way around that that ancient world and a lot of different countries or a lot of different regions started to adopt it and make it their own um and yeah it was just extremely popular I think up until it was like 300 years ago you had to study astrology in France and Italy if you wanted to become a doctor 
which is so crazy to me. Like, it, yeah. Um, and then I think it kind of, yeah, declined in popularity, of course, because of the whole, I think it was, you know, seen as not of God, you know, it kind of went against Christianity and things like, and science and things like that. Um, and it's kind of had a resurgence in probably the last, I'd say 30 years or so. Um, and yeah, it's just like a way to look at the, the astrology and understanding your natal chart and how it's almost like a map of who you are as like a, a photo a photo of who you are the moment you were born and it doesn't predetermine your health but if you do have certain health ailments or things like that looking at your natal chart is a really great way to kind of conduct that detective work like where is this coming from what is this doing how can I treat such a thing um you know with herbs and it's also again it's a really great tool to use with your uh your professional, uh, your licensed medical professional. So anything that I talk about today, I just want to be very clear. It's not medical advice, obviously. Um, but it's a really great way to kind of go, oh, this is maybe what I should be testing for. And it allows you to be your own advocate, especially with your healthcare as well, which is just fantastic. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I love so much about it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's so super fascinating. And I guess, you know, I'd love for you to share how you even got into medical astrology and how it's played out as being valuable for you in your life. Yeah. Um, well, I was, you know, I've been reading tarot and things like that. And obviously tarot is very much linked with astrology. And I started learning about astrology, of course. And I'm thinking I should be able to use this for my yoga flows. Because the thing is with like when you're doing yoga classes, you're a yoga teacher it's so different from when you're just practicing yoga at home or at a studio, right? It's almost like you wear a completely different hat. Um, and coming up with uh, yoga flows for every class, it's hard because you want it to be authentic. You want it to come from a space where it's like, I'm holding space for you. Um, I see you without kind of sounding too generic. Um, well, that that's pretty much where I was coming from with it. And to be able to look at, okay, what's actually happening in the sky, what's going on with transits, what's like the collective kind of vibe and energy that people are feeling. Is it too much irritation? Is it too cold? Is it too hot? Like those kinds of things. I build those into my classes. So all the poses that we do, all the breathing that we do, it's very much based on you know, what's actually happening and how we can like, say, bring the heat down or bring the heat up, depending on if we need to. Um, for my own personal self, I find even practicing this way has been very nourishing for myself because um, it's, and I'll do it for my own personal transits as well. So like recently I just had Pluto um, transiting my son in Capricorn um, and it's oh, like, it is a what is going on moment <laughs> for me and has because Pluto has been in Capricorn for a little while and I think it will be. It's in retrograde at the moment. Um, so like how do I, how can I use um, like breath work and yoga as well to kind of continue to center myself because I can't necessarily change what's going on around me, but I can change how, you know, I'm handling things. Um, but with medical astrology for myself, um, I, it's so crazy. Like, so I've had a thyroid issue for, you know, years. I don't know how long I may have had it before I was diagnosed with it. 
Um, and then just like taking one look at my chart, like after learning medical astrology, because I was like, you know, I wanted to learn more about it. I had no idea about it. And then when I start learning, I'm like, holy crap, there is a whole thing that is about like linking, you know, your body areas to astrology. When I um, started, yeah, looking at my own chart with that medical astrology lens, I was like immediately, this is a thyroidy chart. <laughs> like straight away it was like, I can clearly see that my thyroid is extremely slow. It was very obvious to me. Um, and I had that validated by an amazing medical astrologer. Her name's Kira Sutherland. Um, she's an Australian naturopath as well. Um, and she, yeah, validated that for me that, yep. She was like, this is a very thyroidy chart. <laughs> so it's kind of helped me in terms of like keeping on top of my, you know, slow thyroid and making sure that I'm, you know, consulting with my doctor to get checked up like quite not super regularly. Like I'm not, you know, a hypochondriac, but just keeping it keeping it in check really. Yeah. I love that you've been able to infuse the two worlds. It's that, yes, having access to the knowledge of medical astrology is useful and valuable in pairing it with our modern medicine. And it's not to take away. It's just that it can, you know, just help put together some puzzle pieces that might've took the doctor perhaps, you know, that little bit extra time to figure out you were able to look at your chart and go, you know what, it looks like thyroid is a really main component here. So can we look into the thyroid side of things a bit more heavily because there's there's something there. And, you know, for you, that's given you the tools to advocate for yourself and sort of say, this is what we need to do and, and bring back health into your own hands, which I do think is really needed. Yeah, it was so, especially because trying to get my thyroid checked out, um, just going to my regular GP and saying to him, because I just had like an inkling at the time, like I didn't know any of this medical astrology stuff, but saying, look, can we just check the thyroid? And he, uh, I mean, it took a few appointments for him to be like, okay, we will check the thyroid. And he's like, nope, you're all good. But like in my gut, I was like, I don't feel like it's all good. So I ended up going to another doctor, like God bless my doctor. I love him, but like he's been my doctor since I was a baby. But I was like, no, there was something that I just knew. So I went to another GP who was amazing. Um, and he looked at my test and was like, oh no, they only tested for like one portion of the thyroid. Like the, I think it was like the T4 or something like that. Um, which is usually hard to detect uh, if you have a slow and underactive thyroid. He's like, nope, we're going to do the full suite of tests. We're going to test everything. And yeah, sure enough, it came back and it's like, your thyroid is basically dead, <laughs> you know? So yeah. And I, it's like, if I had known, like if it was not just my gut that was driving me, but I was like, no, I actually have something here. I mean, I'm not going to go to my doctor and be like, look here on my natal chart, you know, but I'm going to be like, no, like, please test for this. Um, it would have been a, maybe a little bit more reassuring <laughs> to, yeah, go advocate for myself a lot more. Yeah, I love that. So I guess for listeners who are like, I know my star sign, <laughs> but they are new to the whole astrology side of things. Where do they go to get their natal chart? Where can we, where can we go and find out and source some of that information for ourselves? Yeah, well, first of all, you definitely need to know the time you were born. Like, and I mean like the exact time you were born. Um, if you have like a kind of guess of when you're born, it's probably not going to be as accurate because things in the sky, you know, they do move. Um, 
you know, if we're talking about the sun, of course, the sun's going to move, you know, every day kind of thing. So um, you need to get the exact time of birth. If you don't know your exact time of birth, um, it'll most likely be on your birth certificate. Um, and if you don't have a birth certificate, I recommend purchasing you can go to like your um births deaths registry um online and like apply for your birth certificate and get it sent to you if that doesn't have the time on it because some of the older birth certificates they don't um you can even try contact the hospital that you were born uh where you were born and they might have the records and again asking relatives and things like that's going to be helpful but you might not get the exact time of birth which can be a bit it's hard, um, but I can talk a little bit more about that um, later. Um, so you can go to astro.com um, and that's probably, I think it's also one of the oldest resources. Like I remember being on there when I was a teenager, like looking up my birth chart and then being like, what is this? I don't know. Um, but it's free um, and you can, yeah, plug in your details and get your natal chart there and it'll show you what your sun, moon and rising is, which is super important for understanding a little bit more about your personal medical astrology as well. Mm. And then I guess once we've, we've received that information and we've got that, is there some resources where you can go to to learn more about medical astrology or is there services or something that you offer where we can take a deeper dive into it? There's actually a few medical astrologers that I really love that I would definitely recommend. Um, so I do my own medical astrology readings and you can find them on my website. They're just like half hour ones. Cause I feel like sometimes an hour, it can be like a lot to take in. So half an hour is like, gives you enough of like an idea of maybe what we can be looking for and how we can kind of um, not treat it, but kind of nourish those areas that we need to nourish and look out for those areas that we need to look out for. Um, so the medical astrologer, I would definitely recommend her name is Judith Hill and she actually runs um, an academy for astrological medicine. And she offers like a bunch of classes and like medical astrology for beginners, which is really great. Um, she's very much of like the academic kind of learning. Um, but if you want someone a little bit more, you know, just as experienced um, and probably a bit more like conversational and learning, there's obviously Kira Sutherland who I met, um, mentioned before um and I think her website is astrologyofhealth.com and she actually also does uh online learning and she actually grades uh, her courses quite a bit so it'd be like medical astrology for astrologers like level one so it's like if you have basic medical astrology understanding this is a really great one and she kind of like breaks it down into little fragments which is really good um, and then of course there's like endless books on the subject, but for me, like I always just find video learning, interactive learning is because it's a lot of stuff to learn, especially if you don't know astrology. And in saying that you do not need to know astrology to know medical astrology. So if you're not an astrologer, but you kind of know the basics, like the signs, um, maybe elements, you've read an atal chart before, then learning medical astrology is, is almost like completely separate if that makes sense. So yeah, you don't need to know astrology to know medical astrology, which is very helpful <laughs> to yeah. know because I don't know astrology very well myself. I love that. And I guess it's just a whole nother branch off from it, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's like a completely, I mean, aside from like the planets and the signs and aspect, I mean, even aspects are treated quite differently. Um, even houses are treated quite differently. Cause I know in like regular astrology, I'll call it, um, 
so if you're looking at your natal chart and you're looking at the, you know, it's like those slices of a pie and it's like 12 slices of a pie, each of those slices is, uh, you know, about a part of your life. And um, they will change. Like, so if we start with number one, Aries, whatever your rising sign is, that will, number one will change, right? So then the whole wheel kind of changes. In medical astrology, it doesn't change. It is always, number one is always Aries. So whatever your rising sign is, it's going to have this Aries flavor to it, if that kind of makes sense. Like I'm aware that I might lose some people here, but, and it's kind of argued that that's the way we would read uh, natal charts, but it does kind of help to give a little bit more of an understanding of what's actually going on in terms of, of health as well. So yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a little bit interesting, um, a little bit different. So there are a few little nuances that are a little bit different with medical astrology in comparison to, I guess, regular astrology, I'd call it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I did want to mention too for the listeners, the links um, for all of what Jess suggested then, I will pop in the show notes. So if something caught your eye and you're like, I'd like to learn more about that, I'm going to put that in the show notes so you can go and click on that. But I guess... How have you been able to intertwine it with your yoga? Because I know that you're really big on, on the two coming together and, you know, they're definitely being a place for the two. And to be honest, I feel like you're the only person I know of or have ever seen bring those two together and offer what you do. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more on that. So yeah, there's a couple of ways that I do do it and it really depends as well. So if I'm doing a class for people, of course, it depends on, who is actually coming to the class. So is it, you know, seniors? Is it post postpartum? Is it people who are very comfortable with yoga? So of course that's always taken into account because I don't want to like offer anything where people are like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but I always tend to look at the general transits or what's happening. And then if, if I see something that's quite like obviously inflammatory, um, usually with a Mars transit. So we're actually in the middle of one at the moment. We have Mars in Gemini and that's going to be there for about until about, I think it's a 20 something of March. Um, and interestingly enough, around this time, we are more likely to cut ourselves with our hands, which is so interesting because Gemini actually like rules that the hands. And so our Mars is coming in and it's being, it's quite inflammatory as well. And this is Mars is um, a malefic planet, right? It sounds evil, but it's not, but Mars is hot and it speeds things up in terms of medical astrology and temperatures. So because we're currently in that Mars and Gemini phase, I tend to try and go for things right now that slow the body down, slow down the parasympathetic nervous system with like slow breathing Cause like we'll breathe, we'll inhale, exhale like 15 times a minute. Right. But if we can slow it down to about six times a minute, it actually sends that message to our body that we're, we're slowing down, calming down. Right. So it's a really important one. And I tend to use that one at the moment. Cause I feel like the collective energy is a little bit like, woo, and it might be because Christmas decorations are up at the shops right now. And I think people are like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, it's here. Um, so yeah, I look at, obviously there's transits. Then I'll look at like elements, right? So if it's, you know, the um, fire, air, water and earth, um, they're all very different. And then even within those elements, so say if, you know, we're in Libra season right now um, and that's like a little, like now we're talking about the modalities. So I won't get too like crazy into it. But if we're looking at, you know, different signs in an element, 
all those signs still act quite differently. Like a really good example would be um, the fire signs, right? So we have Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. Aries is the hottest, right? Leo is kind of warm. And then Sagittarius is probably more like the cooler version of the fire sign. So they all kind of act very differently. So whatever, say if we're in a certain astrological season, um, and if it's very, very hot, then I'll think of things like how to cool them down. Um, and then of course, moon, moon is always <laughs> a really good one to do because if we're in like, uh, the post full moon phase or the post new moon phase, those themselves have different elements as well. So with the new moon, it's always like air and it's actually quite yang, even though it's like new moon, but it's still kind of that yang energy, but we still want to kind of counter that with kind of slowing down a little bit. So in terms of like poses or flows, it can kind of depend on what class I'm running. Um, like if I'm running a yin class, which I, I obviously specialize in and I do run those more often. I also like to tap into the various um, body rulership of that sign. So if we're in Libra season right now, which we are in, that's very much like the lumbar. It's also the uterus that kind of shares it with Scorpio, which is the next season. So I'll tend to do like um, poses where we're like compressing and extending that certain area because it's so important to kind of like, yeah, you can compress, but you need to like encourage that prana or that chi, if that's a more, um, you know, comfortable term to flow. Right. So it's just like creating that movement as well to encourage it to flow around. Um, so yeah, I do definitely love using body rulerships, uh, in my flows, it gets a little bit sticky when we're talking about Taurus because Taurus is essentially the um, throat. So there's only so much throat yoga that you can do. <laughs> like, I don't think there are, obviously there are different poses you can do where it's like, you know, you're adding that gentle compression to the neck. And of course there's like different pranayama and breathing work that you can do to activate the throat. Um, the other thing would obviously as well be, um, Aquarius. So Aquarius is the ankles. And it's like, again, I mean, you can do a lot of poses that incorporate that ankle flexion and extension, um, but there's not really ankle yoga. So, you know, and you don't want to overwork parts. Um, and in addition to that, the longest answer ever on the history of your podcast, also um, astrological season um, opposites as well. I love doing opposites. So again, like if it's Taurus season, then it's like the opposite of that, which has escaped me. I think it's Scorpio. Yeah, it's Scorpio. Um, so it's like, okay, so usually if there's a problem with the throat, if I'm feeling like emotionally I can't talk or I can't get my truth out or whatever, it may very well have to do with something in the um, – not essentially the reproductive organ, but kind of in like near where the gut is. Right. So there's that kind of harmony of getting them to work together. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's so many, there's endless possibilities that you can do, um, with medical astrology and incorporating it into yoga flows. I, don't know if I'm the only one who does this. <laughs> um, if I am, I could see why it's probably like kind of crazy, you know, it's super detailed. Like I'm just planning a class, but I'm going to look at the astrological transits and see what's going on. But like I said, I feel like it, you know, people connect with it and they don't know why. And that to me is like, that's a very obvious thing. It's like, this actually is legit. Like it, you know, 
actually does appeal to people's cosmic energy as well. Yeah, well, I think, you know, yoga in itself is obviously hugely beneficial for the mind and the body, but then to pair in astrology, I think you're just really enhancing the whole experience for people. Yeah, and people love it as well because, like you said, people know their sun sign. Like most people would know their sun sign, but most people don't actually understand that it's their rising sign. That's why it's really important to get the time of birth because then you'll be able to accurately know what your rising sign is. But your rising sign is actually the ruler of the physical body. So everything that you see and even just your body shape as well. And I think for me personally, like I'd always sort of had problems with, not problems, but I was, as a female, you know, you become very critical of your physical form and you always want to change it and be, I don't know, like thinner and more beautiful and because you'll be accepted. And so for the longest time, I couldn't understand why, you know, I had these big hips and, you know, I... You know, obviously, if this is a sensitive topic for people, please heads up. But like, I didn't know why I couldn't lose weight. And, um, you know, after a while, like, and I did the dieting, I did like the up, down dieting, yo-yo dieting, the two a days at the gym and all that, like just, you know, oh, too much stuff, like to the point where it wasn't enjoyable and I'm, you know, hangry and angry all the time, which is like the worst combination learning about my physical body in astrology, you know, because Venus rules um, Taurus. So it also kind of helps you understand why you can't, you know, why you are the way you are actually is how I would put it. Um, And it's very like, I have this Venusian body, right? Like I'm curvier. And apparently with Venus, you have the lips, like these are natural, (laughs) you know, and the hair, this is also natural. I did have extensions for a bit, but like, I don't need it. But um, (laughs) it made me actually help to heal that part of, of, and allow myself to accept my body exactly the way it is and I can't change it but not necessarily I can't change it it's like I don't want to because I've been given this body so it allowed me to accept it yeah I love that though because it's almost like astrology for you was that permission slip of this is you as you authentically are and then in turn, that allowed you to just accept that as as what it is. And then obviously for you, embrace it and be like, you know what, this is who I am. This is me, raw, natural and beautiful, I have to say. Um, and so it's just nice that you've been able to, to have that ability to look at it through that lens, I think. Yeah, and I think that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to get into this too, because especially as women, you know, like we we work we and as mums as well, like we work, we have kids, we have to keep the house. And when our husbands get sick, we have another child to look after you. <laughs> it's a lot. And, and sometimes when we're like, oh, I just want to roll up into like a blanket burrito as one of our very good friends say, says, um, you know, we kind of feel shame as well for like needing to, yeah, have that time to ourselves because we feel like we got to be on all the time. And I love that there's that astrological or that cosmic reason as to why we're not. And also like being in tune with that gives you that permission that you actually didn't need, by the way. You don't need permission to lie in a blanket burrito 
or feel like, gosh, I'm just, I cannot give to people today rather than being in a shame spiral. It's kind of like, this is what is given to me by, you know, the cosmos kind of thing that, you know, this is my path right now. This is what's going on. And I'm accepting of that. If it's kind of, you kind of understand that it's of a little bit more of a higher, like I'm not talking about God, but if it's like in a bigger kind of energetic field, then you would probably know, or you can even see, it's a little bit like, ah, it gives you that bit of relief. Like, this is why, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, it's, it's like anything, isn't it? It's like you're going through these seasons all the time. And in each season, you there's things that change and grow and evolve and things change. And so I guess it's like what you were sharing there in being a mom and doing all the things. Like I know for you at the moment, in motherhood and running a business and doing all the things that you're doing, like it's quite a juggle, isn't it? Ah, uh, yes, it is very, like, I don't even think that I can juggle effectively. <laughs> stuff definitely drops. The kid doesn't drop, but like stuff definitely drops, especially like, cause I, I freelance, I'm a web designer. That's what I do actually as a, as a job, um, in my day job. Um, and because of that, like with the web design kind of industry, you did tend to pick up freelance work here and there. And like with the freelance work, plus the medical astrology stuff and the yoga teaching, plus being, you know, a wife and a, a mom, stuff drops. Like I've got an inbox of stuff at the moment. It's like, um, are you, have you looked at this yet? And I'm like, I will get back to you. <laughs> you know, um, it does get a little bit, it can be overwhelming. And I think for me, that's where yoga has really helped me kind of center myself a lot because I'm very like, I can be very prone to like, you know, overwhelm as well. Like that's my Capricorn Taurus Virgo, right? I'm very earthy and I'm very much, I'm a workhorse, like being Capricorn sun, like I don't tend to stop. And even when I should stop, I'm like, no, <laughs> I'll keep going. Even if I have COVID, <laughs> <laughs> you know um yeah so it's been a really great way to kind of be a lot more accepting of myself and also knowing my boundaries really well like because I never had boundaries before and actually being like no you know you're overstepping my boundary or I feel like I haven't effectively communicated my boundary and that's why people are kind of walking all over it and having a great time with it, actually learning to, you know, go within, look after myself. Cause I can't, you know, put the oxygen mask on anybody else if I'm, you know, freaking out um, and embodying my full Capricorn sun, you know, psycho goat moment. Um, yeah. It's really helped me in, in regard to that, just like finding my center and allowing myself to really, live my life to the full kind of capability that I can really mm. quite simply. <laughs> and I think, you know, boundaries really comes into play there, doesn't it? Because yeah. when you are a capacity in the sense of wearing all of those hats at once, you have limited time available to you. So being able to say, you know, these are the boundaries I have in place and that just protects you and your energy as well. And knowing that these are my limitations and this is how it has to be. So I can effectively be in all the roles that I'm in because you are juggling a lot at once and, you know, it's very doable. And I think the work that you do with yoga and astrology would obviously have a lot of impact personally for you as well. Yeah. And also for other people, because I do feel like, you know, especially as a yoga teacher as well, 
at the end of class, people want to talk to you about things that are going on in their lives. And that's great. Like, I'm happy I can hold space for you and you can feel, you know, vulnerable enough to share things with me. And maybe I can, you know, offer, you know, some words of support. Of course, I'm not here to be like, here's my advice. <laughs> like, I'm always here just to listen. Um, and especially with the medical astrology stuff, because you've got to get really quite personal. Like, I have to know the general idea of people's health. Like I'm not a psychic, although I kind of think I am, but like (laughs) when I'm doing a medical astrology reading, I'm not here to be like, it's not a magic trick. Like I can't just tell you. And also I wouldn't because like, if I'm looking at someone's chart, you don't really know the person and how they'll take certain things. And I have to kind of get a bit of a picture of the general health up until this point So I can accurately go, yeah, I can see that. And probably that seems a bit strange, but I also want to be really careful of how it's even like, you know, when you do like a tarot reading or something like that and you see something and you're like, I don't know. Like, I remember I did a tarot reading many moons ago for a lady and um, I could see kind of um, a bit of a domestic violence situation. And I was kind of like, I don't know what to do because you don't want to say it in case they're like, no, I don't have this. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know. But you also want to be really careful because maybe that could make an impact or, or give someone the validation that they needed and, and how to proceed. So it's really tough like to be in a position where, um, yeah, you might tell someone something that they don't want to hear or they're not ready to hear. So that's why I need to know that that health thing. Um, but yeah, I can't even remember the question right now. I hope I answered it. <laughs> like I said, I could talk about this forever. There's so many things to talk about. <laughs> I love that because even when you're listening to a podcast like this, you can feel someone's passion when they talk about it. And with you, it's the same thing. You're like your passion really shines through. Um, when you talk about this and I guess you know being able to help people the way that you do with the yoga and obviously the medical astrology I'm sure that's you know part of your your mission in your life is to help people in this capacity as well yeah definitely because I feel like for myself like I kind of grew up in this family where you know it was this traditional European family and we don't talk about problems. Like if you have a problem, uh, no, you don't, (laughs) everything's fine. And like, for me, like I'm quite, you know, I'm quite sensitive and um, it's hard to kind of, if you feel like you're not really being supported and it's not, I'm not saying that my parents didn't support me or anything like that. Of course they did, but definitely in their own way, (laughs) you know? And, um, and I feel like, especially now, you know, in 2022, people are quite, especially almost like post pandemic, I think we can safely say fingers crossed. I think a lot of people are open to being vulnerable because I know that it can help other people to feel seen. Um, And for me, like it really came from my own like postpartum depression. Like I had postpartum depression quite badly. Um, And to say quite would be (laughs) a very eloquent understatement it was hell on earth. Um, and I didn't know what to do and, you know, it it was difficult for me. And it wasn't until I had a a really good friend of mine be like, what can we do? Cause she was really the only one that saw me and was like, 
you need help. What can we do to help you? Instead of trying to brush it over and be like, you'll be fine. You'll have a good sleep and you'll wake up in the morning and everything will be fine. And it like, wasn't, you know, like how many sleeps can you have? (laughs) Um, And so it was from there, we actually went to a yoga retreat and like, yeah, it was pretty boring. Like (laughs) we were there for like seven hours and I was like, and to be fair, like, I don't think I was fully ready because I feel like when you are in postpartum depression and for such a long time, you begin to feel like that's, that's the way of life. Like you begin to feel like that's who you are. You're never going to change. And you're always going to be stuck in this kind of this hell. And, uh, yeah, so I was quite bored and I remember <laughs> we were driving home and I was kind of like, Oh, can't wait to get out of there. Um, let's go to Macca's and smash some cheeseburgers. And I'm pretty sure that didn't help me at all. And funnily enough, I woke up the next day and I was like, Holy crap. Like I just felt so much lighter and not just that, but I could actually begin to see a light. Like that there was an end to this, that it wasn't like when I saw that light, it was almost as if that was where I needed to go, that that was going to be my freedom away from postpartum depression. And it was yoga, like actually breathing and being with the breath and being present in the body. Because as a, as a woman, we tend to ignore everything from the neck down. We give so much hate to the neck down. We're like, why do I have this? And especially when we're going through emotional situations, we we're all in our heads, right? We just, we think we have to solve everything in our head, which is not the case. Um, so being with my body and actually connecting with it, connecting with breath, doing movements where I'm connecting with breath and body and meditation and actually dropping in and connecting with my spirit, my soul. I was like, Hey, there's something here worth, worth fighting for, worth saving. And man, there are probably so many women out there that are feeling the same thing and they don't give themselves, and this is not a fault of their own because when you have a kid, you don't have time to even go to the toilet. (laughs) Everything becomes a life or death situation, like busting to go to the toilet and just running for your dear life. Um, And so I started thinking like, this is what I want to do. Like as much as I love you know, having medical astrology open for men and for men to know that with the lunar cycle, it rules men just as much as women or, you know, whatever, um, however you identify, of course, um, it's, it rules nature, right? The cycles of nature as well. We're all made of this cosmic light and it all affects us differently, but I really like to tune into that feminine energy. And again, I don't want to be um, I don't want to be excluded. I don't want to exclude anybody. I can't think of yin energy. I suppose is probably uh, a term. Uh, people with a uterus, I think, is what I'm, I'm talking about. Because when we're thinking about that, it's like that very um, maternal nature. And I feel like when you have a uterus, I'm not sure how to say that, but when you have that capability of being able to grow another human being within you. It is almost, it is not, I mean, it is kind of godlike. It's pretty amazing, but it does put you in tune a lot more with the energies that we can't see, does connect you more to that psychic energy that we're all capable of. But there's something about, you know, (laughs) people with a uterus 
uh, trying to be 2022 here. So please excuse me if I sound funny, but yeah, trying to include everybody. Um, you do definitely feel you go, it's all like hormonal, right? As well. Like you do definitely go through things. You feel things, um, more, on a different level than people who don't have a uterus and probably don't have a menstrual cycle. It's, it's all kind of cyclical. And I wanted to be able to hold space for those people who are like, yeah, very similar to me feeling very lost when you have a child and you feel like this should be the happiest time of your life, but it's not. Mm. And the people who say that, by the way, they should, they should stop saying that stuff because like, you have no idea and probably you experienced it too how many mothers new mothers I speak to when I'm like you know and I'll answer and say this isn't the best time of your life it's crap (laughs) and they're like wow really thanks so much for saying that because I was feeling like I had to be happy yeah (laughs) (laughs) well first of all I want to honor you in being so vulnerable in sharing your personal story because I think you know, more people need to speak out about postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety, you know, and it's real and it does happen to people. And sadly, like you were just sharing, people suffer in silence because it isn't talked about enough and people feel so isolated and alone in their journey because they hear from everyone else that that first year of baby's life is the most incredible, amazing experience. And yes, it can be, but for others, it can actually be a really hard experience and a really hard season to walk through. So I love that you have shared that. And for people listening are going to feel so connected to you being like, oh, it wasn't just me who felt like that, or I'm feeling like that right now. And, you know, you sharing what a transformation yoga provided for you and connecting back to your breath, you know, that's a real tangible thing that someone listening can go, okay, well, what, maybe there's something in this for me, and maybe there's something I can do to help me now. So I guess for the mum that might be listening, who's struggling at the moment or, or anyone really, it doesn't have to be the mum that's already had the baby. It could be struggling through the pregnancy. I know for me personally, I had a high risk pregnancy and I had anxiety throughout my entire pregnancy, let alone the postnatal side of things. What's something Mm. tangible that you can offer that person listening? I think the easiest thing you can do, like totally taking into consideration that you have a baby (laughs) and you don't have time to do anything. Like I didn't have time to do anything. And the only time I ever got to do an actual yoga class was probably about six months after my child was born and I could go make time because it was impossible, but we actually do have time to breathe. (laughs) Um, And so I even started experimenting with this, with myself when I was, you know, feeding my son or he was sleeping or whenever I felt. And especially the moments where you feel the worst is the hardest to be like, you know, kind of take that moment for yourself because you don't want to, you're like, no, nothing can fix me. I'm, I'm broken for life. And that's just not the case because we can breathe. And so, like I was saying before, you know, if you have your Apple watch or like a timer or whatever, you got your watch on or something, or even your phone, if you can just, you know, set your timer on so you can watch and slow down the breath. So the inhale and the exhale, so slow it down. So you are doing about six breaths a minute. Um, And that's really easy to do because you can think about slowing down your complete inhale and then slowing it down as you exhale you can get to about six breaths a minute. 
doing just that for like a few minutes, like two minutes even. I mean, even after a minute, you'll be like, oh, <laughs> you'll start to see almost that peak of the mountain being like, ah, oh, there is a bit of refuge here and a bit of respite or respite, I should say. Um, if you can do it for about three minutes and then a few times a day, like if you, if you're so lucky and you get that moment where you can go to the toilet <laughs> without needing to run out or you're having a shower, which is also a rarity. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, you can definitely slowing down the breath. I still do it myself. And especially, like I said, especially the moments where you're not feeling great, but also the moments where you are feeling like, I got this, do it. Cause it's in those moments too, that it's so crucial to drop in and actually notice the self, notice the self when it's not doing so great notice the self when it's doing awesome, like just being with the self in its entirety. And that's the biggest thing for me too, especially with the medical astrology is like, you know, there's that shame of not being on all the time. And we even think to ourselves, I don't, I'm not myself. You know, we'll say that, that I'm not myself today. Uh, yeah, you are yourself. This is you. Like if you're not feeling great, this is you on just in just this moment and to be okay with that. Um, so that is definitely the easiest thing I would do. And of course, if you can close down the eyes, which I know can be sometimes difficult, especially if you're supposed to be parenting and watching a little one, um, you can look down to the tip of your nose. So that'll kind of give you that, that calmness, but you'll still be able to supervise. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think that is such a great tangible thing that we can all do in realistically any moment. And like you said, it'll help you get out of your head and bring you back into your body, which we so need in those moments. So thank you so much for sharing that with me. Now for listeners listening along and they're like, I need to know more about Jess. I need to be in her world. How can my listeners best connect with you and find you? Oh my God. I would love them to be in my world. I would love to be in their worlds. Not like a crazy stalker or anything, but like, I love, I just want to be able to open up to people who are like, what is happening? So you can find my website now it's kates.co, which is my last name. And you can spell that with K-A-I-T-S-E.co. It's also the same username on Instagram. So it's kates.co there as well. I, you'll find like my readings, like I'll do, I'll have readings. Um, and I also do every now and then I'll do like medical astrology kind of workshops and things like that. I have a few up there at the moment, like a few classes and they're like super cheap. They're like 10 bucks. The readings are half an hour, <clears throat> half an hour, $50 for half an hour, which is like, cause I want to make it accessible for people. Like I don't want people to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to kind of maybe get this lifeline that not lifeline, but you know, something where I feel grounded and connected to myself. So it's half an hour um, $50. And then on my Instagram, I post so much stuff about like the current transits. I do a little bit of like education as well. So if you don't know anything about medical astrology, like every now and then I post about the signs I post about, you know, general, um, history with medical astrology. Cause like you said, it was like, what? I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know it existed either. So it's kind of cool to like put it back out there into the light. So yeah, that's my website and uh, my Insta. Uh, well, I will pop all of that in the show notes so you can easily go along and click on that, but definitely go over to Instagram and say hi, let us know what your biggest takeaway was from listening to this episode, but thank you, Jess, so much for being on. 
Thank you so much for having me. I look, I feel like we could just talk about this for hours. Oh, easily. <laughs> I feel like we could do, you know, part two episode of this. So maybe that's yeah. on the cards at some point. And I would love, like, I mean, I would love to do an episode where either I'm looking at your chart, mm. maybe if you want to offer up your chart or even my chart, because my chart is like up for grabs. I don't mind. <laughs> I'm happy to delve into mine. That sounds good. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To learn more, you can go to reneeoneal.com. I'm so grateful for you being here and super glad you've taken the time out for yourself to tune into today's episode. If you loved the episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so you can catch the next one when it's released. Also, if you share this podcast to your Instagram stories and tag me at renee.oneal, I will be sure to send you a little gift straight to your DMs as a thank you.